Welcome back to another part train, folks. This is your host, Evan Singer. I got Matthew Cermak with me. Yo, What's yo, up, yo, yo. How we doing? We're back. We're back for another part train. For those of you who are newer to the show, uh, we're all about making life less frustrating than your golf game. Okay, we feature interviews from PJ Tour pros, best-selling authors, CEOs, and more. You'll learn to laugh through every up and down, harness the power of the mind, and get back on track both on and off the course. And this interview was no different. We had a guy you probably haven't heard about before, but you've probably heard about his story. And we'll get Maybe. to that in a second. <laughs> but before we get to the story, let's do a quick word from one of our, our friends and our partner, Roback. Uh, if you guys haven't bought Roback, we talk about it a lot. Real quick thing that we haven't talked about, Serm, is the face masks. It, wear a mask and look good while doing it and feel good while doing it, right? Yeah, I mean, the material... Like, it's kind of like going out to the course. This is you what know, I figure because I just got myself a couple masks. They're, they're going to arrive this week. Uh, the yep. shirt, the Roback shirts are so comfortable that I'm like, okay, if the masks are anything like the shirts, we're going to be wearing a mask for a little bit here. Might as well get one I like. Might as well get one that's got like a fun design on the front. So I got a couple print designs. You know, I like the print designs. Go to Roback.com. Enter the code LOVETRAIN, all one word, and get 20% off a mask, a t-shirt, a quarter zip, a polo. Just do it. Go to roback.com, enter the code LOVETRAIN. Maybe a vest. Maybe a vest. All right. So let's talk about Will Appleby, our guest. Um, what I'm going to yeah. do, sir, real quick, is I'm going to read a lot of you, if you're on social media and you follow any golf accounts, you probably saw this get reposted by every golf account this past week. And I'm just going to read it real quick, okay? It's four short tweets. It was posted by a guy named Jordan Gold, his playing partner. And it says, quote, One of the wildest things I've seen on a golf course was a dude I was playing with in PGA Tour pre-Q in Vegas, so pre-Q school. It's qualifying to get into the qualifiers. On the 18th tee, the last group on the course, the rules, of, the rules official following us in tells us the number on the tee. The dude's two shots outside the number. Hits the tee shot in the fairway and says, okay, cool, I can make that. Everyone laughed because he still had about 130 yards left for his approach. As he's about to hit his next shot, he says out loud to no one in particular, gap wedge over the top, banks open. Okay. He then proceeds to hit his shot directly over the top of the flag into a little backstop, spins it back into the hole. I couldn't believe it. He was screaming, banks open going for chest bumps with everyone in the group. Now, actually, the tweet finishes with, needless to say, we all went out in Vegas that night. He blacked out and was screaming banks open to anyone who would listen. But we heard that that actually, that last part didn't actually happen. Uh, but it's a crazy story. And he embellished. But, like, imagine being over the shot where to tie a score and you say banks open and you hole out and just celebrate with everybody. And we well, thought, yeah, we thought, Serm, you know, this is going viral. This is the type of shot that is like a dream scenario for you and your buddies or just as a golfer in general. Let's get them on the show. Let's talk about it, right? Let's, let's give sure. a little bit of background and see how it feels to say banks open and make it. And it was a great conversation. It was fun. Yeah, it was cool. He's a cool guy, fun guy, funny, a lot of great stories and Playing on the mini tours, doing it in a mini tour event, a pre, you know, pre-qualifier for a Monday qualifier, which is, you know, he talked a little bit about, you know, his time out chasing the dream. Um, no, super cool, super fun. And, you know, I mean, that's, 
that's a story for life right there. <laughs> yeah. We've even got so, a great no, story at the end about him yeah. catting at Bel Air um, and making a, a few G's and how he did that. So make sure you listen to the end. Um, yep. And yeah, we'll, uh, this was great. We'll see you guys next week. All right. Welcome back to the part train and welcome to the show. Will Appleby, one hell of a story to tell people. And hopefully we can give people a little bit more context to the post that went viral this past week. So Will, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me guys. What's up, Will? So Will, first of all, because a lot of people don't know a lot about you, give people your backstory. Um, Obviously, they knew you were playing at pre-Q school in Vegas. We just read the post in the intro. Um, give people your backstory. Give people a little bit of context on who you are and your story. So I am a born and raised Southern Californian. Uh, grew up playing junior golf down in San Diego. Uh, San Diego Junior Golf. Went to Torrey Pines High School. Played golf with uh, guys like Jamie Lovemark. Uh, went on to play college golf at a place, D2, down in uh, Austin, Texas, St. Edwards University, and then uh, transferred over to SMU. Um, went on to leave SMU to go into the construction world, general contractor world, and uh, decided I needed to go scratch an itch and decided that I was going to go down to South America to Q school down there for PGA Tour Latin America, and uh, ended up chasing the dream via PGA Tour South America and the Golden State Tour down here in California, Outlaw Tour in Arizona, and basically just chased the dream just like every other guy trying to get to the PGA Tour. Love it. And what is pre-Q school for people that don't know? So pre-Q school or pre-qualifying, every PGA Tour event has it. Uh, the week before the, the uh, event shows up in town, they have maybe two or three different qualifying opportunities to get into the Monday qualifier. Mm. Um, years ago, they used, it used to be just sign up for Monday qualifying and get in. But sure. now with the, the demand that's out there, there's so many guys trying to play professional golf that They've got to weed it out. So they have uh, pre-qualifying where you uh, go and play, and they take anywhere from four to 20 guys, depending on the site. I've played, like, you go to the Safeway up in San Jose, and they play it down in Monterey, and they take 25 guys to get into Monday qualifying, where you go to Vegas, and they take four guys from three or four different events to get into the Monday on before the event just starts. So pre-qualifying is, it's a bitch, but uh, you go play well and you have a chance. Well, it's funny. We've talked real quick, Serm. We've talked to a lot of pros that have talked about Monday qualifying, right? Keith Mitchell has been on the show, has talked about it with him and his friends, Brennan Todd. And they talk about how big of a bitch the Monday qualifying is. So I can't imagine what the pre-qualify to the Monday qualify is. Yeah, Mondays Mondays are a grind, but pre-qualifying is just a complete – you're just throwing a dart at a dartboard. And most of the times for us mini-tour guys, we most guys have never seen the golf course. I mean, mm. for, for right. real, we 
we'll go from playing a three-day mini tour event to getting in the car and driving four or five hours and showing up at nine, ten o'clock at night, stay at a Motel 6, Holiday Inn, whatever you call it, and then get up the next morning and hope you don't get lost going to the golf course. You go buy a yardage book, you study in your car and drink your coffee and your breakfast burrito and um, maybe get a caddy or out. maybe not, right? No. I mean, you're, most you're of the time they're taking your cart, there right? There aren't caddies there. I mean, right. you're playing at sites that are your almost your public munis. Yeah. And they don't have a caddy program with some inside knowledge. And unless you know someone who knows someone who's gone through it before and says, Hey, I got a guy in Vegas who knows the course pretty well, or he'll take care of you. And, but at the same time is you're a mini tour player. You don't have the money to pay someone 200 bucks to horse it around for a couple hours. And most sure. of the times you can ride in a cart. So you just say, Hey, give me a yardage book. Let me go hit my shots and see where the cards fall. So, so will it, it, it's cool to listen to you kind of talk about your experiences, but you had a pretty famous moment that we want you to kind of tell us the story and the buildup. Um, and <laughs> this went viral recently and it's kind of why you're out. We wanted yeah. to talk to you. So you're grinding it out at the mini tours, set the stage on the week, what the tournament was and what happened. Yeah. So, uh, and how you were playing at that time, all those things. <laughs> So I think you're referring to the Zyre golf post that uh, recently went viral. Um, I had played a Golden State Tour event down in Temecula, Bear Creek, the three days prior to this, pre-qualifying in Vegas. Um, finished up that event, took a shower in the locker room, jumped in the car, and straight shot to Vegas. And rolled into a, a motel and stopped it in and out on the way there and went to bed, woke up the next morning, went to the golf course, had never seen it, had an early tea time, played and just went for it. Played pretty well that day and I don't know, I was kind of thrown off by the grain and the greens that day. I hit the ball great off the tee, hit a bunch of great close wedge shots, had a bunch of chances, didn't really make anything. And start getting to the end of the round and start kind of pressing. I'm like, man, I'm a couple under. Got to make something happen to get into this thing. And uh, we get to 16, knock it on the green in two, two putt, make birdie. I end up three putting 17 for bogey. I'm a couple under at that point. We get to 18 tee box and type a drive down the middle standing in the fairway and I look at my playing partner. I'm like, man, kind of right there. If I can make something happen here, I might have a chance. Sure. So I looked at him. I was like, I'm just going to make this. And he kind of looked at me and he was like, what? <laughs> like you're 130 something yards out and you're just telling me you're going to make this. I was like, yeah, like I'm going to hold this shot. I, I'm going to make it. And it was like 132 yards. We're in Vegas, a little bit of altitude, so I have a gap wedge in my hand. And I hit the golf shot, and it's right at it. I mean, just never left the stick. It bounced right behind the hole and just disappeared. 
Wow. <laughs> and as the tweet reads, I just yelled, Banks open. <laughs> and we proceeded to throw a bunch of high fives, chest bumps, bunch of explicit thrown in there. Um, but yeah, that was, I called the shot, pulled a, I guess, a Kobe. Right. Kind of like a Kobe, a Babe Ruth pointing out. Yeah. The left field or center. Tin cup, but on the first try, you know. (laughs) Yeah, just just hooped it. And uh, a walk-off hole out. It's incredible. It's one of those things that you do it when you're playing golf. I was playing enough golf at that time where it was kind of like, all right, like, it's nothing crazy. You pulled out a bunch of golf shots in your life. But I would have never told the story the way it's gone viral now. It's pretty cool to see uh, the guy I played with tell it via Twitter and it kind of blow up the way it has. Um, But as a golfer, I mean, you guys probably know, like you do stuff on the golf course every now and then where you're like, that was crazy, but I'm not going to go to Twitter and tell everybody about it. Like, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm quote unquote a professional golfer. Like I should be able to do this kind of stuff. Um, so the fact that the, my playing partner that day decided to take Twitter and tell the story was pretty cool. And it's, it's gone viral twice now. And no, for sure. That's featured, how it... Go ahead. No, you were saying, go ahead, where, you said it got featured where? It got featured on my local news channel here in San Diego. <laughs> I got... Uh, How I great was, is that? I was, I was sitting at work on Thursday, and I had like four or five people text me like at six o'clock in the morning saying like, dude, I just saw you on the news. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's some, some golf shot you hit. And I was like, what? And then, so one of my friends, his family owns the local news channel, KUSI, and he's a big golfer. He's a huge golfer. And he said, yeah, I sent the tweet to the the weatherman, and you're going to be featured at the 9 o'clock hour uh, about this tweet that went viral. And sure enough, 9.15 rolls around, and... My phone blows up. I mean, 50, 60 text messages. Yeah. Videos, pictures, people just saying, I just saw you on the news. What's going on? I'm like, nothing's going on. This happened three years ago. <laughs> it's just finally starting to get traction. Like, this this all happened, like, right. 2017, maybe in, like, October, November. This happened three Shriner. years ago? <laughs> yeah, this was, like, 2017 Shriners Street Qualifying. Oh, my God. I didn't even know that. Yeah. So, like, it took three years for something to finally happen. And the guy that I played with, it. so the first time it went viral was in, like, November, October last year. And I was sitting in bed, scrolling through Instagram, and I scroll up on this Zyre golf post. I don't know if I can plug them but sure. yeah. oh, good. Um, and I'm reading this tweet 
thread they've posted. I'm like, man, that that sounds really familiar. <laughs> that was what? me. Yeah, and so like I I roll over and I hit my fiance and I'm like, I swear to God, this this thing on Instagram is about me. <laughs> this is me. This is me. Yeah, this this is me. Like, wait, I have nothing to do with this, but this is me. And so I start doing my research and I'm like trying to backtrack to validate the guy who originally tweeted it to make sure that's who I played with that day. And so I finally figure it out and I find the scorecard and I find his name and whatever. I'm like, this is me. They're talking about me. And so that happened in like October, November of last year. And it was kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like, it's really funny. All my buddies in my group chats were like, ha ha, this is Will, whatever. And then last week I left, I was like, I left work to go to the bank to do something. I left my phone in the car and I come back and I have like 75 notifications on Instagram. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> like what happened? And I start looking at it and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this, they put Zyre golf posted it again. And it went viral. Like this time it went viral. Like, I think there's like, 50, 60,000 likes on it. And anybody who followed it the first time started commenting my name in the comments. And people are saying, oh, you need, if, like, please name the guy who did this. Like, there's, it does not verify or verified until you post the name and all this stuff. And people are commenting, oh, it's so and so, apples and oranges, whatever. And, I finally just started commenting and I was like, um, I'll verify it for you. I hit the golf shot. <laughs> so just to be clear, Will, when it was posted a few years ago, nothing happened. And when it went viral, someone just found the tweet and reposted it and it went viral. Or was Jordan Gold, the, the guy, your playing partner, was he like reposting it? No. So uh, not to... Uh... Not to throw Jordan on the bus, but um, he tweeted about the situation back in October. And that whole thread they posted on Zyre was him kind of sitting on his couch, kind of recapping. And as he says, the craziest thing I've ever seen on a golf course was the story he tells. And so I messaged him and I was like, Hey man, why did you finally do this? And he was like, honestly, I was sitting on my couch. I was really high and I couldn't not tweet it. Like I couldn't, I couldn't fathom anything crazy or happy on a golf course other than a guy literally calling his shot from 130 plus yards saying, I'm going to make it. And he cans it. And so Jordan, he posted it back in October and tagged, I don't know if he tagged Zyre or Zyre whatever, but Zyre ran with it. And that's it. So it didn't come to light for a good two and a half years after it actually happened. Wow, that's crazy. The, the, I bet, to me, the whole reason why it's amazing, I mean, obviously, calling your shot and making it is one thing. But the whole banks open thing, 
is just to me the best part. The fact that you would say <laughs> banks open before you hit it. Yep. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yep. And then you make it, you're chest bumping and you're just yelling banks open off the backstop, yeah. rolling it in is just one of the greatest things I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, That's like your so, dream, Ev. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that you really, obviously, like, I, I could have never fathomed this would happen. Like, it's one of those things that you're just like, oh, whatever. Like, I'm going to make this, banks open, let's do it. It's like an old school kid thing when you're playing horse with your buddies. Ah, banks open, guys. Like, off the back, forward, whatever. And it just kind of flowed that way. And, like, what's crazy is this isn't the first time I've seen someone call their shot. Hmm. In, a high, hey. in a high school match, when we were, I mean, I must have been 16 or 17 years old, and I was playing a high school match at Rancho Santa Fe Golf Club. Jamie Lovemark, who I plugged earlier, one of my good friends, had about 100 yards into a par four green, two-tiered green, and that was our home course. And he hit a golf shot, and as soon as he hit it, he just lifted his wedge up in the air like he was calling it. And sure enough, it hit off the backboard. It hit off the back ridge, spun right back into the hole. Wow. I mean, this could be, Will, this could be your legacy. I mean, I don't want to go dark (laughs) here, but I mean, people might say banks open at your funeral. You don't know. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm getting, I'm getting married in two weeks. Oh, the theme of the theme of the bachelor party. My my (laughs) brother is my best man. He runs another little golf Instagram account thing. I won't, I won't plug it for you guys, but, uh, Oh, I guarantee you. You can, you can plug it. Yeah, go ahead. Plug uh, it. Whatever. <laughs> Come on, we're um, all a team here. <laughs> I guarantee you that his speech at my wedding is going to reference Banks Open. Like, I guarantee it. He runs a yeah. golf account called Golfing States of America. There you go. It's all sorts of stuff. And, but I guarantee it. He's going to get up there. I've told him. He's one of those guys. He rambles and rambles. I wonder where he gets it from, as I've rambled for plus whatever minutes now. But we told him, like, you have three minutes to talk. That's it. We're cutting you off after three minutes. But I guarantee you in that three-minute period of time, something's going to come up with banks open. And yeah, the amount of people that messaged me after that post that got went viral of just random DMs from random dudes all across the country, just all they said, banks open. Banks open. Like, <laughs> banks open, baby. So, it's incredible. Start a hat line and have a banks open hat line. If you guys want to partner up on that, you guys post it and we'll produce them and. The bank's open, right? I, th- I, I mean, think we could do some damage. A little cross collaboration right there. I think it could really <laughs> do something. I've had a lot of people say, man, I'd buy a hat that said bank's open on it. I mean, I'm down. <laughs> I'd wear it. You throw a little part train logo on the side, you know, I'm in. 
We can we can throw an American flag. We can do a a part train oh, logo man. on one side and banks open on the front. And we can talk offline after this later, but I think we could do something there. <laughs> I, lo- I love it. It's going to fly off the shelves. Um, well, it's obviously a great story. Like, it's just, it's funny. It's cool. It's amazing. It's pressure packed. But, you know, we were talking offline. For the listeners, talk about the mini, the mini tour experience a little bit. Talk about the, gr- the grind. So, you know, I played in college. My brother played on the mini tours. I caddied for him a few times. It's hard to describe if you're not out there, right? And it's uh, it's a dream to do it, but it's it's not easy. So maybe talk about you know everything that's entailed in your experiences and what people don't know about about being out there and giving it a shot. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean the mini tours are the untalked about parts of golf. I mean, the professional side at least. You see all these guys on the PGA Tour cashing massive checks and getting all sorts of sponsorship deals and the the Matthew Wolfs and Victor Hovland of the world that come straight from college straight into the PGA Tour and are just stacking millions of dollars right away. And I mean, there's that aspect of it, but come to the guys that don't have those opportunities straight out and have to go play the mini tours and it's a grind. I mean, when I played, it, I self-funded my my career playing professional golf. I, I worked for a few years after college and saved a bunch of money, and it was kind of like, so do I buy a house in Southern California or do I chase my dream? And I decided sure. to chase my dream and scratch the itch. And um, I was fortunate enough to have a girlfriend at the time that looked at me. We, we went and saw – a buddy play the PGA tour event up in Safeway in Napa. And the whole time I'm just standing next to her saying, I can do this. I can do this. I can hit that golf shot. I can do that. Mm-hmm. And she looked at me and she goes, then do it. Then just do it. I don't just, just go and do it. Cause I don't want to listen to you say you can do this for the rest of your life and never try. No regrets. Right. No regrets. Exactly. Just swing for the fences, and if you fail, you fail. But if you swing and you hit it, you're going to be so happy you did it. And for sure. for, fortunately enough, I'm marrying that girl in two weeks, and she's, she's a gem. <laughs> she's, she's, a key, she's a keeper. <laughs> she's a keeper, no doubt about it. And But the mini tour life is, is hard. I mean, you're yeah. paying you're paying five, six, seven thousand dollars or five, six, seven hundred dollars up to a thousand dollars for an event to make maybe ten, twelve thousand dollars if you win. But if if you finish second you might get a third of that. Like the money isn't out there. There's there's no money in mini tour golf. You're just playing to keep your head above water, to pay for Q school next year and hopefully hit the nail on the head and get a tour card on the corn fairy or the Latin America or Canada, whatever it is, McKenzie tour to just get status to the next level. You're playing for your livelihood just to keep your head above water. And if you don't have funding or you have a family that can just fund it until you give up, it's hard. I mean, I, I caddied all throughout the time from yeah. 
catting at the catting at Bel Air Country Club, catting in San Diego at Torrey Pines, and all these. I, I mean, I could tell you stories about Bel Air Country Club if you want, but you, it's a hustle. You're a professional right. gambler, right. and the, the I mean, money games on the weekends, and right. I mean, every opportunity you get, right? Oh, it, anyone who wants to play you, you'll go and. I mean, I remember there was a time I, play, I played a guy one time and I gave him 25 shots. We played for 500 a side. That's that's and the kind of. St- <laughs> did you win? I mean, but that was what I had. It was like I have a guy did, right now. Did, who wants did to you play take him? We did all right. Oh, he did all right. <laughs> I was I was I was up four after five. He pressed, so the front nine was worth a G. And then so I was up. I ended up winning a G on the front side, and he was like, "I'll double the bet on the back side." All this stuff, and then I closed him out after seventeen for two Gs, and I, I gave it. him a putt on the, on the last hole of the round. I said, "Look, you have twenty-five feet. I'll give you five chances at it for five to one for two hundred bucks." My God. And he missed. He ended up making one of them. Oh, he made no, one. No, he made one out of five. So I gave him a G back, but I still ended up winning a nice, solid amount of change off of him. But yeah, I it's mean, stuff like that. It's stuff mini, like that, right? The life of a mini tour player is you're a professional gambler. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and that's the and that's the best way to put it. I mean, you're paying, like I said, you're paying five, six, seven hundred bucks to go play a two, three day event. And then you got your food, your gas, your yeah. your lodging. Right? It's just, it, it's insane. It's insane. And if you can break even playing mini tour golf, it's a win. Right. And after, and after two years of playing professional golf, I broke even on my initial $50,000 investment in myself. And I sat back and I said, I looked at my now fiance, soon to be wife, and I said, what do I do? Do I keep going or do I cash it up as a win and say, I got two years of playing the game I love and chasing a dream and just enjoy what I got to do. And I mean, there was a, I mean, to this day, it's still, I look at it and I was like, like, I was a plus five. Wow. I, 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 I had every reason to keep chasing the dream and there was family health issues that kind of pulled me away sure. from it and life That's got in the way. And it was kind of yeah. like, I, I can keep doing this for 10 more years and I can be 34, 35 and be that guy right. who's going to be a, and got a fresh, and guys do that too. The, oh, they do. I have friends still doing it. And yeah. like, yeah, it's you got to choose what you want in life. And that's, that's the hard part is like, you want to chase this dream, but then you start getting families involved and all this other stuff. And as a single guy, it would have never been a question. It would have been like, I'm going to do this until the brakes run out and I'm just flying down the hill and I just run into the hill. (laughs) But with, family stuff going on. I was in South America and my dad got diagnosed with some 
crazy cancer and it was kind of like what am i mm. doing mm. like what All right what it's, am i what am i yeah, doing no. down here I'm, I'm i'm floating around through south america and staying in crappy airbnbs with a couple guys and we're getting food poisoning and crapping right. in the bushes while other guys are crapping in the shower and yeah like that's the life you live playing the South, the Latin America PGA tour is like, you're staying in three bedroom, one bath, like places. And you're just scraping dollars everywhere you can. And the best thing I ever learned was you call an Uber from the airport, you find a good guy, you tell him, Hey, I'm going to pay you cash for the rest of the week. You're <laughs> How are they get a hold of you? And you're going to be my driver. You're my guy. Yeah. And that's what I did at every stop I got. I found one guy and I hooked him up and I paid him well, very, very well. And to this day, I, I know I can go back to any of those places and text or email those guys and they'd have my back. And the best story was I went down for Q school down in Bogota, Colombia, second year down there, back to Q school. And I took my brother who just graduated from college. And I said, Hey, my graduation gift to you is I'm going to take you to Colombia to caddy for me in Q school. And he's like, what? You're going to take me to Colombia to work for you? Like, yeah, I'm going to pay for your whole trip, man. Just like, you're going to get to go experience Colombia, Bogota, like, you're never going to go there in your life unless I take you there. And we have a direct flight out of LAX and they lost his luggage. Oh, jeez. They sent, <laughs> they sent his luggage to Spain. Oh, great. <laughs> and I mean, I'm not a small guy, but my brother's a little dude. And right. I, I might wear an XL and he might wear a medium. And so the first three days we're there, he's wearing my XLs and large shirts and caddying down there. But <laughs> I had my hookup, my driver, my guy, Smith. And Smith goes to the airport with my brother and walks into the, the airport and just bullies airport people. And they end up finding his bag and get his stuff. The cool thing about South American or Latin American airlines is they pay you for every day they lose your luggage. Mm. So he got a hundred dollars a day for them losing his luggage. So he got a payout for them losing his luggage along the way. So he paid for all the drinks post post uh, Q school. <laughs> That's great. So, Will, real quick, before we get you out of here, I got two more quick questions. First thing is I can't let the story from Bel Air CC get passed up because I've played there. It's a, it's a in, very interesting environment. It's, the place is like a world within a world. And so if you're sure you got a great story about Bel Air, I want you to tell that. And then I want to end on a little something more about Banks Open. Have you played since they redesigned it? I have. I played it. Maybe last year. Okay. So I caddied at Bel Air from 2009 to 2012 or 13. I 
was fortunate enough to the second week I was there, I got invited to play in the caddy member. I was a new caddy. No one, none of the members knew who I was. So I got paired up with a new member who was same as me, just a couple weeks into his membership and no expectation. We end up winning the caddy member. Um, and so we walk up on the podium at the caddy member. All the caddies are having a great time. It's one of the few days of the year they let the caddies into the clubhouse and they open up the bar for everybody. And um, there's a guy. So we had, there was a gross in the net division. So we're up there with the guys. And there's a very bearded, bearded man. And I introduced myself and he goes, oh, I'm Luke Wilson. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Like, you're Luke Wilson, the guy that was in all these movies. And he's like, yeah, that's, that's me. <laughs> that was the, that was the first realization. I love of, it. Holy, holy shit. Like, this isn't, this isn't San Diego anymore. This is, this is Bel Air. And, uh, so that was, that was the beginning of Bel Air. And a couple weeks after that, I'm sitting in the, in the caddy, caddy shack downstairs and Eddie Marin, the little pro walks in and he goes, where's this Will Appleby guy? Kind of raised my hand, not knowing a whole lot about him and comes up to me and goes, let's go outside. And pulls me outside, and he goes, I hear you're a pretty good golfer. And this is after I'd quit college golf. He goes, I hear you're pretty good. I was like, yeah, but I don't, I don't really play anymore. He goes, cool. I'll see you on the range next Tuesday at 8 a.m. <laughs> okay. Sure. Um, see you there. <laughs> so, so I show up, and he's like, why don't you hit some balls? Okay. So I hit the balls. An hour goes by. And he doesn't say a word. I'm like, okay, dude, like what's, what's going on? Like I, I've hit a bunch of balls. You've seen everything going on. And I, I looked at him. You going to say something? What, what, what? And he's like, yeah, cool. Uh, I'll see you next week. Same time. So I go back the next week after we hit some more balls. And finally I'm like, okay, enough with the bullshit. Like, What's the deal, man? I, I can't afford. I'm a caddy. I can't afford whatever your hourly rate. Like I'm, I'm guessing it's like three, three hundred bucks an hour. Like you're a legend. And he goes, can you do uh, fifty bucks an hour? So yeah, I think I can do that. He goes, cool. See you next week. And this went on for three, four months. Every week, every Tuesday. Wow. Go for the ranch, hit balls at, with Eddie. At Bel Air. At Bel Air. <laughs> and Eddie Marins, the little pro, was like the guy. And he basically just said, he's like, yeah, you can afford this much. I'm willing to work with you and do this stuff. And I mean, there'd be days we'd be hitting balls next to like Dennis Quaid. <laughs> sure. Like, right next to me. I'm like, dude, you were in all these Disney movies and everything else. And here I am just the guy just 
the caddy hitting balls with Eddie Marins, and he's giving me his undivided attention, telling me all this stuff and doing this. It was unreal. The place, Bel Air, is a very, very special place to me. It's a special place to a lot of people. And my brother, who caddied for me down in South America after that, he was like, I, I love caddying. And I'm like, cool. You want to go work at Bel Air and get your feet wet? And he was like, yeah, let's do it. So I called up the member that I caddied for, and I said, hey, can you – back my brother and my brother ended up catting there for a year and a half after he graduated college and he uh he has lots of stories about Massimo who's dealing with lots of different things now and I worked for Massimo back in the day and the craziest thing that ever happened at Bel Air I, I probably shouldn't even talk about this but I'm going to um they have the bridge, their member guests, yeah. in the third week of June every year. It is like the, the prize member guest of all of probably California, if not most of America. And we're playing a practice round. And I've got my normal game member, his guest. I have Massimo in that group and another member. And we're about 165 yards out. They're all about the same in the fairway. And they said, 1000 bucks close to the hole. And my member looks at me and he goes, should we do it? We go, yeah, we got a good number here. I like it. So I, I tell him, he goes, I think it's a seven. I'm like, no, dude. Pins up front, right behind the bunker, hit eight. Hit a hard eight. You had, go for it. You had a feeling. I, I just knew. I was like, I know your <laughs> game. This is what you're going to hit. I was like, here's the eight iron. Hit it hard and just hit it full. Everything else. Pins banks front, open. That slope. Exactly. That green banks from the back all the way to the front. I'm like, you just hit this hard. It's going to come back to the hole. And you can't, see the pin, you can't see the pin because it's tucked behind that front bunker. So he hits the, he hits the eight iron. It's looking it's it's right at it. It goes right over the top, spins back, but we can't see what happens. So I give him a high five. I'm like, that's really that's really good. And we walk up, and as we're walking up, he looks at me and he goes, "If I win this, you're getting all of it." Oh, yeah. So things got spicy real quick. <laughs> Love that. This is, this is after we hit the shot. And so we get up there, and he's got eight inches for birdie. Oh, man. So he taps it in. We walk up the back green. All the members pay up. A couple of G's. He goes, I'm not going to give this to you right now, but let's take a walk down the tunnel. We'll jump in the elevator, and we'll get you paid. <laughs> and we get in the elevator, and he peels me off four G's. And puts it in my front pocket of my jump jumpsuit, and that was before the tournament ever started. Now that's a good feeling. <laughs> oh, dude, when you're when you're driving around in someone else's very very nice car for the week, and you're staying at a very nice hotel they're putting you up in, 
and you have four G's in cash in your pocket. It's a good, yeah. I mean, it, it, change, it changes things. <laughs> oh, dude. It, <laughs> I, to this day, it's one of those moments that you just still can't believe that actually happened. That's a perfect segue, Will. We're going to finish on this. Okay, so you've got, you've told us two great stories about a shorter club over the top, spinning it back. Gap right? wedge, eight irons. So we've got, yeah. we've got a few options for you. You can throw in your own too. You've got the member guest, pre-member guest at Bel Air getting the cool four Gs when your partner, when partner was supposed to win all of it, you get it all. That's a good feeling, right? You proposed to your keeper of a girlfriend. That's a great feeling, I'm sure. You yelled banks open on 18, called your shot like Babe Ruth, sunk it. Where does banks open rank? I just want to understand what that feels like. And how does it rank to these other moments in your life? Can you try and describe the feeling? Yeah, I mean, as you just said, I mean, there's a lot of moments there that's like very surreal of not only handing someone a club and saying, hit this, I know it's right. And then cashing in on that. Um, as you mentioned, proposing to my now, my future wife, um, I was at a loss for words there. I think it was kind of like, I love you. She's like, I love you too. Uh, no, I love you a lot, like forever a lot. And that's a whole other story. Like I buried the ring in the bottom of a Yeti cup with ice and finished my cocktail and then poured it out. And then the ring was at the bottom of the pour out. Oh, geez. <laughs> and on the beach, dropped it in the sand, pulled it out, proposed the whole thing. But that's a story for another one. <laughs> and then the bank's open thing. There will probably be a nev- there will never be another opportunity in my life where I call a shot like that. And I mean, calling a golf shot, I mean, you guys are golfers. You guys understand. We all hit a lot of good golf shots where it's like, oh, that's going to be really good. But to call it and then hit the shot and have it go in. Yeah. That's next next level. I should have bought a thousand lottery tickets. I mean, that's the odds of holding a golf shot are hard enough. Well, just calling a calling a ten foot putt, right, or a fifth like that's right? something, right? And you're talking about it now, Dude, in the moment, about... in the moment to do something big too. But there is, will <laughs> there is something a little supernatural to it because I'm sure we've all had those moments where I'm on I'm standing on the green. To Serm's point, it's probably more putts than anything. But there are those moments where you don't even really have to read the putt. You know it, right? And you feel good over it. And you got a feeling like I'm making this, you know, the difference is most people don't say it, but there's like something weird there. Cause I know everyone's kind of felt it before. There's a feeling you get over time. Like there's times on the golf course where you just look at a golf shot or a putt and you're like, Oh yeah, this is going in. And not to segue off this, but like last Thursday I was, I was playing golf with some buddies and one of the guys we had worked them for, I don't know. We were up, we went three and two on them for 60 bucks and we closed them out and we get to 18 and there was nothing on the line. 
and my partner at the time had like a 25 footer for birdie. He misses it. And one of the guys who we had just beat started chirping and he was like, Oh, that was such an easy putt. How'd you miss it? I go, dude, five to one, 20 bucks. You have no chance you're going to make it. He, sure. This guy has shot like 103 that day. Had four putted like every green. And I go, dude, five to one, 20 bucks. You can't make it. It was above the hole, a little slider to the right. He steps up and he's like, oh, yeah, I'll take it right now. He steps up, drops the ball, doesn't even line it up. And he cans it. And that's the key right there, right? Like, he just saw it and he was like, I can Don't make think, it. Just do it. And he... He looked at me after that. He's like, that was the greatest bet. He's like, there's no chance I'd make that any other time of the day. But the fact that you put $100 on that, he's like, I was making that all day long. And I'm like, then why did you four putt like every drink yeah. for the, the all day long? Like, you piece of shit. Like, but that's golf. I mean, you just have those moments where it's like, this is going to happen. And you see it on the PGA tour guys talk about it all the time where they just manifest what's going to happen. And if you can believe it and you can live it in your head, why can't it happen? Why not? I mean, that's kind of, that's a good way to send it off for anything we do in life. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like if you can live it in your head, it can a hundred percent happen. And, and guess what? The bank's open. Banks? Banks open, baby. Open. I love it. Well, Will, thanks so much. I'm so glad we were able to give a little bit more color around this incredible story. I can't believe it was three years ago, but I'm glad that we could revisit it and and help you relive it. Clear the air. And, uh, hey, enjoy uh, your wedding in a couple weeks. Congratulations, man. COVID is definitely... Changed the way we originally originally envisioned our wedding. Yep. Um, we've we've downsized from three hundred to twenty five, but uh, <laughs> well, you know, we're you got to make some hard decisions for sure. We're gonna we're gonna save some money and uh, it, it'll be good. We're excited to get married and and do it. So love it. Well, thanks, thanks for so for, much for coming uh, on, Will. For, Thanks for having me on. And All right. Best of luck to you and the lady and um, to all you guys out there. Banks open. Spin it off the hill. Thanks, Will. Thanks, Banks open, open guys. <laughs> See you, bud. See you, man. See ya.